hate it. <laughs> Public service announcement from Ronnie at The Gunning Truth. Don't forget to like, comment, share and subscribe on my YouTube channel, The Gunning Truth, and to listen on Spotify and iTunes to any audio that I post weekly. I try to record on a Thursday evening the audio version of the show and I release it on a Friday. And then during the week, I've got my Arsenal videos that I post on YouTube and very soon The Gunning Truth Tuesday night show will return for the new season. I also at the weekend have Off Your Game with Josh where uh, we discuss the Premier League. Join me, like, comment, subscribe on YouTube and have a listen on Spotify and iTunes. Come on you Gunners. Welcome to the Gunning Truth with Ronnie and today I discuss the Arsenal's greatest ever manager, Arsene Wenger. Well that's also debatable for our older folk but an absolutely fantastic career that Arsene Wenger had and unfortunately it soured at the end as with all things, good things come to an end. He gave us a fantastic first 10 years and it was extremely painful those last 3 to 5 years. Despite that fact, he still won the FA Cup a couple of times. So this is just me remembering Arsene Wenger. I think it was a a phenomenal manager. I was very, very young. I was mostly into rugby uh, as a youngster. So the the full focus was on rugby. But uh, something just happened uh, when uh, Arsenal started showing interest in, uh, well, first of all, I went to a primary school that had just Liverpool and Man United fans uh, uh, in the southern suburbs of Cape Town. And uh, I wanted to be different. And uh, I chose Arsenal because of Highbury. I, I used to stay in Highbury Road in Kildreva in the Western Cape. So that was something that that brought me to Arsenal. And then, of course, when it was announced, Arsene who? And it just seemed like everything worked like with so many people of my age at that time when Arsene Wenger joined Arsenal. It just seemed like everything, you just put everything together. And then you start to find out about the history of Arsenal, the 70s, uh, the 80s, Herbert Chapman back in the day, and obviously George Graham's fantastic Arsenal that uh, had the it's all up for grabs now moment at Anfield. So all of those things uh, brought me to Arsenal, but mostly it was Arsene Wenger. And the beginning of his tenure was absolutely phenomenal. The type of players that he brought in, my favorite players of all time. Thierry Henry is obviously always at the front. Uh, Mark Overmars, I mentioned him second ahead of Burkham because he was my first favorite ever wide forward player, so winger. Uh, Mark Overmars of the Netherlands, and then obviously Dennis Burkham was actually before them. I loved the way that Patrick Vieira played, loved Tony Adams, Martin Keown, Steve Bold from back in the day. We had Nigel Winterburn at left back, right back Lee Dixon, and then it later became Lauren, and then obviously that guy with a cell phone, uh, Ashley Cole. 
Cashley, as I like to call him, but he's obviously a, a, a born and bred Arsenal boy, and it obviously, like so many players after him, soured uh, the situation with these players with Arsenal. But he still was in that invincible team, which you can still announce to this day. Layman in goal, Lauren at right back, left back Ashley Cole. You had Sol Campbell and Colo Toure at centre back. And in midfield, Gilberto Silva, one of the greatest holding midfielders. If a midfielder's team is successful and you don't quite understand what is going on and how, how it works with him in the team, then he's doing something right. Obviously, captain, fantastic, Patrick Vieira. Loads of red cards. Uh, Sol Campbell also had loads of red cards. Arsenal, in general, had loads of red cards. But uh, Sol Campbell uh, in the hot. So it's obviously Lehman. You had Sol Campbell and then Patrick Vieira. And then up front, you had Burkamp and Henri with Ljungberg and Pires contributing goals consistently from out wide. You had our current... Uh, uh, deal maker if you can call him that Edu that was in midfield a, a very underrated player and you had various other players as well uh, Sylvian Viltort another player that always showed up for the big moment so these are the type of teams that Arsene Wenger built before that it was obviously I'm just trying to think that was uh, Robert Perez a little bit later on but you obviously had Ray Parler there you had Keown Bol Tony Adams uh, obviously, Nigel Winterburn in the early years, Lee Dixon, uh, David Seaman in goal. And then in midfield, you had Petit and Vieira. Uh, obviously, Anelka up front. I'm just trying to remember all these players now. Uh, it's, it's players that, 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 that I grew up watching. And then obviously, Mark Overmars, as I mentioned before as well. Uh, so a lot of players that Arsene Wenger built over the years. And that is just... Uh, Absolutely fantastic. So obviously my earliest memories is of course the Blackburn game where Arsenal won 2-0. His first game, uh, it was October that season after the Bruce Rioch uh, issues that there was with Arsenal. And then obviously as the, the season went on, Arsenal re did really well. I'm just using, I'm not going to go according to stats and things that I've written down. I'm just going according to my memory back then. Like I said, it was all rugby uh, at first for me. And obviously Arsenal has basically almost overtaken everything when it comes to my sporting journeys in life. But, uh, and then obviously the next season, Arsenal winning that famed double. A fantastic, fantastic season Arsenal had. Obviously the Mark Overmars goal at Old Trafford was absolutely huge. Uh, the big moments at the the last game of the season where uh, Tony Adams ended up scoring the winner and Arsenal winning the league. And then obviously the Nicholas Nelka, Mark Overmars goals in the FA Cup final against Newcastle United for Arsenal to get one of two doubles in the Arsene Wenger era. And then obviously the Invincibles. What a football team. Uh, yeah, there's, there's so many things. I've watched the DVDs over and over. Back in those days, you only had certain channels uh, that you th that the football came on. So if you only had the Mnet, which had CSN, uh, then you had to wait on a Saturday for football games at times, if I can remember correctly. So DSTV only came in later. Uh, so DSTV is obviously our service provider like Sky Sports and Fox and these. Well, I think Fox is actually free to air in America. ESPN, let's call it ESPN, uh, BT Sport, those type of things. And then obviously you could watch all the football games. We've got that privilege now in South Africa where every single game is live. 
Uh, and if there's obviously a clash of games, then the other games comes on a little bit later on. So we're very lucky to all the games. And actually, we are so spoiled that we actually get irritated with our service provider if a preseason game doesn't get shown. So as of talking now, Arsenal won't have any preseason games shown. Obviously, uh, the Community Shield is a combination of pre-seasons end and the start of the new season so you don't really call that the pre-season game even though people like to say when they lose the community shield don't matter and when they win it's a big deal but uh, that's another story and then obviously uh, the the news that Arsenal were going to move into a new stadium not too far from Highbury and the magnificent Emirates Stadium which uh, was a, a huge thing. I can remember at the time, I obviously loved Highbury and I uh, actually didn't want that move to happen. Obviously, if you think about it, you had to move to a, a, a bigger stadium, more modern stadium, so that you can get, get with the times. But there were so many things promised uh, from the Arsenal hierarchy, a couple of people that I really dislike uh, all these years later. And uh, we were promised that we were going to compete with big, massive teams. And that is very, that's happening now today, 2023. We're talking now about 2006 or 2005 into 2006. So Ivan uh, Gazidis, uh, actually a South African-born person. So funny enough, he's got, I don't know if he was born in South Africa, but he's definitely got South African heritage. So funny enough, there's a guy that I got to dislike and a, a man that probably fell out with Wenger at the end, if you read the books and you hear what Wenger said, even though Wenger wasn't, was very coy when it came to all the bad things that happened at the end. But uh, just think about the types of players that we've had over the years at the Emirates era. Uh, obviously, Arsenal were that uh, amazing end to the Highbury era. It was the year that we actually made the Champions League final. Uh, and we obviously ended off against Wigan at Highbury, where uh, Thierry Henry scored a hat-trick at the end. Uh, so, uh, yeah, those were actually amazing, amazing memories. I'm just trying to think now what else happened. We obviously, we had the Lasagna Gate at the end of that season, where Martin Yell was in charge of Tottenham, and Tottenham ended up messing up the top four, and Arsenal once again scraping into the top four and into Champions League football. And then you had the Dennis Bergkamp testimonial to open up the Emirates Stadium. And uh, the first game for Arsenal was a draw where I think it was Gilberto. T Theo Walcott came on and he uh, uh, created a goal where G Gilberto scored. And it was so many draws that season. I can remember where we somehow made the top four with a team that had loads of injuries. We had Fabregas. Henri was sulking quite a bit. Uh, so there was a lot of things that actually was quite bad, even though we made the Champions League somehow for quite a number of seasons. And obviously with the input of money, uh, you've got oligarchs coming into football. Uh, it just seemed like Arsenal were being left behind. And when you read Arsene Wenger's books, and uh, I read a couple of books from agents where Arsenal were obviously had to penny pinch because of certain uh, things that had to, obviously we had to pay back huge loans to the banks uh, after moving into the Emirates and uh, obviously Arsenal had to penny pinch. There were times where uh, uh, earned their monies to agents and which is something that Arsene Wenger didn't want to do and it's something that Arsenal actually later on became to, uh, uh, to regret paying all these large fees to agents and it was a couple of years into Arteta's years or the end of Emery's little tenure where agent fees 
were an agent themselves became a little bit too much at the Arsenal. And that changed. And once again, we're now in a better footing in 2023. So, uh, so many, so many things, if you think back, leads to all the stories when it comes to the Arsenal and Arsene Wenger. But Arsene Wenger, obviously, I grew up uh, a massive Arsenal fan through Arsene Wenger. Uh, uh, the club is still bigger than the manager, but I'm just saying that most uh, the entire Arsene Wenger era was basically the uh, in and around this time when I started supporting Arsenal. I obviously was an Arsenal fan, but I didn't watch every game before the Wenger era. But uh, obviously during the Wenger era, it was watching every single game when you could and when it was available on our television in South Africa at the time. And then obviously some of the the, 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 the very sour things. So obviously uh, uh, social media came into play at the end and obviously fan channels and uh, uh, a lot of... It's very difficult for me to say that it was driven by these fan channels and we know the big big ones where there was various characters on there slating Arsene Wenger's name and then others that was very pro-Arsene Wenger and infighting at the football club and it just became untenable, his position. And... Uh, I'm a, it's a combination of he was let go and kind of forced out of the door. Uh, henceforth, he didn't want to come back to the Emirates because there is bad feeling towards uh, pockets of the fan base as well as how it ended. And obviously Arteta is doing his best to try and get him back and he's getting his statue. or well, The statue is already out and uh, obviously Arsene Wenger will be at the Monaco game tonight. So, yeah. Terrible, terrible to, to mention this, but obviously the likes of the 8-2 at Old Trafford. Loads of reasons as to why, self-made, and then also the injuries as well. Uh, you look back at the thousandth game against Mourinho, where Arsenal got uh, thumped. I, I don't even know if it was 6-0 or 6-1. I think it was 6-0. And lots of thumpings by Man City, but anyone can get thumped by Man City. And... Uh, Embarrassing, embarrassing games uh, and embarrassing seasons. Uh, the season uh, where, okay, I won't say embarrassing, but the young Arsenal squad. So we've got finally got an awesome squad together and then it all went pear-shaped uh, uh, for two ways at uh, Birmingham City St Andrews where uh, not for the first time uh, uh, clubs thinking Arsenal are soft ended up breaking uh, a player's leg. So Diaby first, then it was uh, it was second, it was Eduardo, and third Ramsey. So players' legs being broken, Arsenal getting thumped by football clubs, not paying agents fees. That's uh, so a, a million here, a million there, in order to get certain players. When you did get the players, they weren't able to perform over a long period of time, and then also the 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 two that I can remember very difficult end of season runs the Fabregas season where he was so fantastic and uh, I think it was the Birmingham City game at St Andrews where Eduardo broke his leg and Arsenal just basically collapsed from there you can say collapsed like last season uh, the Birmingham City final uh, at uh, Wembley in the Carling Cup uh, another capitulation from Arsenal defenders and players uh, in general and then uh, the other one was the season where we only bought Peter Cech. And that was that was shocking because it was the year that Leicester City ended up winning the league and uh, Arsenal just couldn't do it. Uh, remember uh, sitting at home, uh, the Manchester United game, Rashford's debut and Rashford has ended up... So that's, we actually gave him... Uh, uh, 
the ability to continue being a thorn in our side when we gave him his debut it was the, se- the season of the Leicester City we actually got the double over Leicester City and somehow at Old Trafford uh, we ended up messing that one up as well and then we ended up coming second after Tottenham was actually pushing Leicester City for a while but uh, Chelsea sorted out Tottenham and Tottenham ended up messing up uh, the top two position and Arsenal finished second that season somehow so uh, yeah lots of lots of memories uh, I, so many that I can't even remember now but obviously the FA Cups was brilliant I'm, I'm specifically referring to the four uh, with Wenger it could be three yeah, I think it's three not four that I remember now in the barren years obviously that fantastic game uh, at Wembley against uh, Hull City where Hull City went 2-0 up and I felt like uh, I was watching at the Arsenal Cape Town Supporters Club I wanted to leave and then yeah we just uh, ended up hanging around and it ended up being quite a great end to it obviously it was Cathola with a free kick and then Koscielny with a with a goal where he got injured basically and then Ramsey scoring at the death and then I, don't, I can't remember if it was the next season I think it might have been where we had Aston Villa in the final, Aston Villa shocking Liverpool in the semi-final. I can't remember who we beat in the semi-final. And then obviously in the final, a comfortable win, uh, 4-0 over Aston Villa. And then obviously the third one was where uh, we beat uh, Man City in the semi-final and then Conte's Chelsea in the final, once again, Ramsey, Ramsey scoring the winner. I think Alexis Sanchez was basically, it was the, in that period where he did so well. So, uh, yeah, a, a lot of a lot of memories and uh, mostly good. Obviously, Arsene Wenger uh, brought a whole new uh, way of thinking after coming from Japan to England. Arsene who they called him. But uh, this is just a salute to Arsene Wenger, obviously my favorite manager of all time. And, uh, yeah, I always have a smile when I see him speaking, uh, doing public speaking, because he's an extremely intelligent man. And I really, really enjoyed all the, I know there was mostly biographies, and then his autobiography was a little bit disappointing. But that's only because we wanted to know a little bit more, and he's just not that man. He doesn't want to basically give off everything. So uh, I salute you, Arsene Wenger, and I hope that uh, we get to see quite a bit of things in tonight's once again, the game isn't on South African television, so we need to find means to watch it. So that means you're very likely not going to see the behind-the-scenes stuff. But hopefully uh, Arsenal have that fantastic uh, behind-the-scenes videos that they that they all access uh, videos that they, I'm sure they will do. And loads of people invited, the likes of Henri Vieira, I'm sure they will all be there, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, I salute you, Arsene Wenger, and thank you for everything that you did for the Arsenal Football Club. Come on, you Gunners. for my Arsenal ladies segment of my show and it's currently the FIFA Women's World Cup 
and the group stages has just ended. Uh, just having a look at uh, the round of 16 that's upcoming, that's starting on Saturday morning. We've got Switzerland and Spain, the first game, and there is Arsenal involvement with Leah Walti, our holding midfielder, and our right-back, Noel Maritz. They both have been playing regularly for Switzerland, so they completed all three games in their group, and Switzerland topped the group. They were actually in the group of New Zealand, the hosts, and unfortunately New Zealand didn't go through. Uh, but uh, two of our Arsenal stars are in the next round. And then uh, a game close to my heart. I obviously support the Dutch and then South Africa as well. Netherlands are playing South Africa in the second last 16 game on Sunday morning. And there is Arsenal representative with Victoria Pelova, who's been playing as a right uh, a right wing back for the Netherlands, who play a back five, or back three with very high... Uh, wingbacks, and they'll be up against my beloved country, Banyana Banyana, South Africa on Sunday. So Arsenal involvement so far in two games, and then more Arsenal involvement, Japan versus Norway. Japan have been excellent so far in the World Cup, currently, in my opinion, the best team currently in terms of the results. Uh, they smashed Spain. Uh, in the group games and Spain obviously with uh, Barcelona being the champions of Europe and ever so dominating uh, it was a very very big result for Japan but in terms of Norway Frida Manum uh, Arsenal's player of the season last season plays for Norway uh, unfortunately I don't think they're going to go any much further and then Sweden USA there's three Arsenal players for Sweden Sweden have been brilliant Amanda Ilstedt, she's got three goals in the group stages, including one late winner against South Africa. And Sina uh, Blackstenius, our striker. And then Lena Hurtig, who uh, generally plays off the bench. She's a wide forward, very pacey player. And they are up against the reigning, defending, undisputed champions of the world. United States are going for their third consecutive World Cup. They are the powerhouses of women's football. Sweden, USA. Sweden obviously getting the better of USA in the Olympic Games, so USA would want to get revenge. And then on the other side of the draw, the hosts Australia. Obviously two Arsenal players playing for Australia up against our single Danish player. So Australia playing Denmark. Australia have Caitlin Ford, who's been playing as the number nine with uh, Sam Kerr's injury. Uh, Australia have obviously Catley, Steph Catley playing at left back, actually captaining the side. So two Arsenal players against the one, and that is Katarin Kuhl, that plays for Denmark. She's had a very good World Cup, playing very well in midfield, a youngster that's starting to grow now. And then no Arsenal representative in the, yeah, the first out of the round of 16 games where there isn't an Arsenal representative and there's a second game upcoming. So France-Morocco, there won't be any Arsenal involvement there, but France have been good. And then England-Nigeria, Alicia Russo-Lotte-Wubben-Moy, Lotte-Wubben-Moy, a centre-back that hasn't played at all in the World Cup, uh, uh, currently at Arsenal, obviously, and then we are a record signing, well, it isn't a record signing because we got her on a free, uh, Alicia Russo, a striker, scored a fantastic goal in the previous round, so she's in form, she looked good in the other games, our new striker, will be performing for England. England playing against a Nigerian team that's been very good. Watch out for Nigeria, England. And then the last game, so one of 
two games in the out of the eight games where there isn't Arsenal involvement, and that's Colombia, Jamaica. Colombia have been absolutely brilliant. I've actually thought they were exceptional until they lost this morning to Morocco. So a surprise loss for them this morning. But loads of Arsenal ladies are still involved. Uh, it's going to be an absolutely barnstormer of a last 16. Teams that's out already, Canada. So we had two Arsenal players there. Chloe Lacasse, uh, the striker that striker slash wide forward that we've just signed from Benfica, and uh, the goalkeeper Sabrina D'Angelo, who is our number two goalkeeper. She didn't get to play any minutes. Uh, Germany is out. Brazil is out. So a huge, huge shock so far. Ne- uh, New Zealand, the hosts, they're out as well. So really looking forward to the final stages of this World Cup. Uh, before the World Cup, I had USA playing Australia in the final. I had Australia beating England in the semi-final. They could still meet in the semis. And then USA-Spain could still meet in the semis as well. So watch out for Japan. They are the dark horses. Uh, USA, they've struggled so far, but you can never write off the United States, the Flying Eagles, as they call themselves. So really looking forward to the upcoming season. Uh, Arsenal's ladies have already started pre-season. Our big players that's still injured. Uh, remember, we've got like an ACL group of players. Leah Williamson, the England captain, she's been out for a while. Uh, she won't be back this year. Uh, Laura Weinreuter, Austrian right-back, she's also going to be out for the rest of the year. And then we've got... Uh, the closer players out of the five, well, there were three big, five big injuries. So obviously, uh, uh, Beth Mead, she will very likely make preseason. So that's awesome news. Vivian Midemar will probably September, October be back. And then we've got Kim Little that was also seriously injured. She will, she's already back. So she's already in training. So some key players back for Arsenal, plus all the major signings. It's going to be a huge season for Arsenal. Champions League in September, uh, we have to go through two qualifying rounds and I'm really looking forward to covering the ladies more in depth for the upcoming season. Up you Arsenal ladies, come on you Gunners! Welcome to the Gunning Truth with Ronnie, and I think it's time for us to start looking ahead to uh, what is going to be a very interesting game against Manchester City, the Arsenal against Manchester City at Wembley Stadium, and it's the second time that Arsenal play Man City in the Community Shield, I do remember us, I think it was still in the Puma kit, the tight Puma kit, uh, where I think it might also have been the season where we signed Alexis Sanchez. And I think Arsenal won 3 0. Uh, company was still the captain of Man City. Man City were the champions. Arsenal won the FA Cup. Nowhere near the league for us back then. But uh, Arsenal obviously winning the Community Shield. Last season, Liverpool won the Community Shield. And we all saw what. Uh, Manchester City ended up doing so Manchester City are still a juggernaut when it comes to Premier League football they are the European champions they won the FA Cup they won the league they beat our beloved Arsenal to the league title where Arsenal led for most of the season and Arsenal have been tinkering away this preseason when it comes to their team but I understand why 
I've got my concerns, but uh, it's neither here nor there. It's a new game on Sunday, and Arsenal need to come with all their might because it's been a torrid, torrid time against Manchester City. Uh, Arteta, only one win, no league wins. In fact, constant thumpings uh, from Man City. Even when Arsenal were good last season, they weren't good for most of the two league games. Also lost the FA Cup game where we were probably better than both league games. Uh, if I think about it, even though there was a 20-minute period where we were really good at the Emirates in the league game in the first half. Uh, but it was a torrid, torrid time against Man City last season. And uh, obviously the semi-final FA Cup win was the only win in the recent past for Arsenal over the Mancunian, the light blue Mancunians. So I've just actually got a couple of screenshots. Manchester City have only played two preseason games, so they tended to not overdo it. And uh, the first game where they beat Bayern Munich, uh, that Ederson in goal, Kyle Wally Walker at right back, uh, Stones and Diaz at centre back, and Nathan Aki at left back. So settled. Then they had Lewis, who normally plays as a right back. Uh, so they've probably got this inverted role for him and Kovacic in midfield. Bernardo Silva who's still there and then they've got this young youngster McAtee that played in the 10. Grealish on the left wing and Alvarez up front. Uh, I think Haaland was on the bench or he didn't play at all. I didn't see the game or I just saw the goals so I don't know how they played. All I know is McAtee scored, Kovacic had, had a decent game. Uh, none uh, got actually got uh, player ratings here, and no one really stood out. Uh, McAtee at an 8.3. And then in the second game, game where uh, City dominated but lost to Atletico Madrid, uh, they then went back to the, the, their old shape. So it's the 4 1 3 2 shape. Okay, well, I can't call that the, 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 the normal shape because they normally just have Haaland up front, but they actually played Alvarez and Haaland against, uh, to start off with against uh, Atletico Madrid, and then behind Alvarez and Haaland was Grealish, Bernardo Silva in a 10, probably swapping with Foden, Foden on the right wide, and then Rodri obviously behind them in a very strange formation, but that's how they play. Laporte uh, played left-back, Diaz left centre-back, Stones right-back, and Wally Walker uh, played right-back. Uh, right centre-back was Stones and Ederson in goal. So not a lot that Man City showed. They will obviously be at their very best on Sunday. That's uh, um, obviously, once again, Arteta and Pep Guardiola. So it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, obviously, Kevin De Bruyne had a serious injury in the Champions League final. And uh, I I don't see him being fit for the game. I haven't checked their news. I'm not interested in Manchester City news. Well done for them for being this great juggernaut of a team. With obviously, uh, it's going to sound now very sour from me. They've got their means that they do it. But uh, you have to respect uh, Manchester City because they've done the job. Yes, by certain means that they got. However, I still feel uh, knowing how Arsenal are changing the teams uh, this season. And knowing how difficult it is when you even bring in these big players to build on what you've already achieved. Uh, and Arsenal obviously haven't achieved anything. We led the league for loads of times or loads of times last season and didn't achieve anything. But you can see there's growth from an Arsenal perspective. And then just uh, thinking ahead to Arsenal, uh, obviously an up and down preseason. 
for Arsenal. I thought Arsenal were absolutely excellent against uh, the MLS game, but it's very difficult to gauge there because Wayne Rooney's MLS All-Stars, they came from all over. And uh, I did say it when I did my uh, review of the game that the MLS All-Stars normally take this game very seriously. However, Arsenal were from the beginning till the end, they were excellent. And then obviously a disappointing games against Nuremberg, Monaco and Manchester United, where we lost to Manchester United. The Man United fans had a field day and Man United lost the rest of their friendlies. So uh, yeah, you reap what you sow at the end of the day, but we still lost to them. And then uh, it was obviously Arsenal's game against Barcelona, which was the most impressive. The intensity that we played, that's the intensity that I want against Man City. But uh, I don't want us to, we are still a little bit too open for my liking. I know we're making loads of changes. We are tinkering so much. We are actually confusing everybody, which can be a good thing. But... Uh, what's all for there to see is the defending. The defending against Nuremberg was dodgy. The defending against not so much the MLS All-Stars, but uh, the Man United game, the defending was dodgy. The Barcelona game, the defending was dodgy. So that's five goals conceded in those two games and then con uh, conceded a couple of unnecessary chances against Monaco in the friendly yesterday. So uh, there is still a problem. Arsenal still concerns me in transition uh, when there's a counter-attack and uh, switching off. Uh, and yeah, you don't want to really go and go over-analyze the preseason, but... All you can do is analyze the games that Arsenal have played in 2023. And there's definitely not that same uh, uh, aggressiveness, intensity in the way they defended in the first half of last season before the World Cup break. Arsenal obviously still did well after the World Cup, but then uh, uh, the final bit of the season, we call it the British Spring. That's when things went awry and obviously various reasons, injuries, and we just simply ran out of legs. It's a very, very demanding manager that we've got, Mikel Arteta, in terms of what he wants from his club. So hopefully that demanding uh, style of football will reap its rewards in the, in the back half of this season. I do believe the Arsenal squad is strong. It's concerning the Gabriel Jesus injury. But hopefully it really is going to be short term and that they were able to sort out because Gabriel Jesus was absolutely brilliant against Barcelona. That was the form that we wanted from him. And then unfortunately discomfort in the knee, which he felt actually before the the Barcelona game. And then there was also a very nasty tackle from uh, probably Ronald Araujo from Barcelona, if it was if it was him. And that probably made things a little bit worse as well. And then there's also... Uh, yeah, and their stories of Declan Rice, who doesn't get injured, already had a bit of an issue in training, got a kick against the calf, and then uh, what, there was issues again in the... I, I don't know how true this is, but he was limping uh, in the after the Monaco game. But I think... I don't think it was because of his injury. I just think that someone, another person made another good point, that Arsenal are playing a tempo that he is just not used to. Remember Moyes ball? There's no way West Ham played to the tempo that uh, Arteta wants to play. It's a very different style of play. So you need to, yes, he's a, a hundred million pound player, but he will come good. He is that good. And then obviously uh, Arsenal situation in midfield is very interesting. So you've got the situation where all three of our signings are popping up in midfield. So you've got the likes of Timber, who's been absolutely superb, fitting Arsenal like a glove. He can play 
right center back, right back, left back. He can go into midfield. He's comfortable, he's aggressive, and he's got a bit of pace about him. And intelligence, football intelligence. Really, really like this player. And then you've got Kai Havertz, who's got a lot of football intelligence, but he's been missed by the whole Chelsea situation over the last couple of years. A very talented youth player, very talented youngster at Bayer Leverkusen. Hopefully Arsenal can get the best out of him. I liked what I saw in a short spell off the ball uh, uh, in the game against Barcelona and off the ball in the game against Monaco when he came on in the second half. That's what I was looking at, not what he does on the ball. He will come good as well. And then Declan Rice obviously played the left eight role, Xhaka's role uh, uh, to uh, somewhat success. Uh, I thought he had a couple of good balls that he got in when he picked up, uh, rocked up on the left wing. So there is so many little intricate things that Arteta is trying in preseason and I'm not entirely impressed at this moment in time. What I am trying to do is be positive in the sense that a couple of things. Arsenal have now made these three key signings and I've just looked at the market. It's been very difficult to get the, the right players in and I think Arsenal have done that so far. And then also you have to look at what other clubs are doing. They are also not looking that great. No one is looking great in preseason. I mean, Juventus beat Real Madrid and Juventus are crap. Barcelona, okay, Barcelona are a, a good team. They won their league, so them beating Real Madrid. So Madrid's struggling. Madrid's got a fantastic team. They're struggling in preseason. Liverpool are conceding loads of goals. Man United haven't won a game since losing to us. City has looked iffy. Uh, Tottenham is quiet. Uh, uh, and then Newcastle United, they've done well. They've they've played underwhelming friendlies, uh, but they've looked decent. Aston Villa is good. They, they are coming along as well. So it's going to be a fantastic Premier League season. Uh, but what do I want for the Manchester City game? Right, so first of all, I want Arsenal to have the intensity level intensity levels of the, the Barcelona game, but we need to eradicate those stupid stupid mistakes that we tend to do we're switching off and we're not tracking our players when we are doing all this inverted football we need to be careful because we're coming up against the masters on sunday uh so in goal uh, ramsdale uh right back i'm gonna go with ben 10 out of 10 white because i would like even though i've really been impressed with kivio uh, playing that left role i'm gonna go with timber to play the left back role the only thing with this is that White and Timber can't swap like Tommy Yasso did with Timber in the Monaco game. But I haven't liked what I've seen from Tommy Yasso really uh, for quite some time. But uh, he will get his chance. And then obviously Gabriel and Saliba at the back. Saliba has looked dodgy still in the first uh, in, in in quite a number of games. He's still coming back into it. Uh, Gabriel's looked solid and then that is uh, the back four that I would go with and then very very tricky but I'm going to go with Thomas Partey, Kai Havertz and Martin Odegaard that is what I'll go for so Declan Rice on the bench I'm not 100% convinced yet about uh, Thomas Partey and Declan Rice but they can play together somewhere in this game as well because what I'm going to do is later on Rice would possibly come on and I would push Havertz up front. And then up front, Martinelli hasn't been that great. Uh, lots of energy, of course. And when I say hasn't been that great, he still needs to get into the swing of things after the injury. So I'm actually going to go with Trossard. 
a left wing Saka right wing and up front Eddie Nketiah to to just be a little bit better with his hold up play and also because of Jesus not being there we're going to need him to kind of spearhead the attack so I could have gone Martinelli left wing I could have gone Trossard false nine and what we could do with uh, Trossard as a false nine we can actually interchange uh, Trossard and Havertz between the left eight role and the false nine role and, and kind of confuse Man City there. That is also a possibility where it's Trossard, Martinelli and uh, Saka up front with obviously Kai Havertz then interchanging the loose nine role, I call it, with Trossard. So that's also a possibility. Uh, Arsenal's squad looks much better this, this time around and a uh, a number of players got games against Monaco in a disappointing game, but they got game time. And uh, let's let's build up uh, towards us. I'm going to go with 2-1 to City. I still feel they've got the wood over us. And uh, even though they, they haven't looked that impressive in preseason, the fact that they can score goals from anywhere and Arsenal's defense still looking a little bit shaky and we're still trying to figure out. But I want us to be in a very, very close game with Man City. And then obviously Man City lost, uh, 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 well, two key guys, Gundogan out of the midfield and De Bruyne. Uh, De Bruyne with an injury and Gundogan leaving for Barcelona. Riyad Mahrez, who's also given Arsenal all sorts of problems, both at Leicester and for Man City. Uh, Mahrez has left for Saudi Arabia. So uh, very interesting to see. Still a very strong squad from uh, Man City. They are looking at... Uh, one of the Crystal Palace forwards. Uh, they've got Kovacic in already. Uh, I'm sure they've signed somebody else. Well, they're about to sign Gavadiol. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be registered in time. I think he'll be on the bench. They'll probably sign him tomorrow. So I think he could also be coming, be coming in and then they look even stronger. So a very, very go good, strong Manchester City team. They are very likely going to win the World club championship i'm going 2-1 not really out of fear I'm, I'm, I'm excited about what this arsenal squad can do and they can win on sunday but i just feel that is my prediction and um, I'm, I'm gonna go with that one i don't like predicting against arsenal but uh, when it comes to manchester city there is obviously behind uh, you know uh, behind in my brain that fact that we we, we, we we battle we struggle with him but Arsenal can win on Sunday it's I, I just feel I'm looking to Nottingham Forest I want us to play really well on Sunday and then I want us to look towards Nottingham Forest I'm gonna end it there uh, dis disappointingly I'm going to one to Man City Arsenal can do it and let's hope that we can actually have uh, some fantastic moments from our new signings this Sunday come on you Arsenal <laughs>